All right. Well, welcome in, everyone. This is Spitting Fire. I'm your host, Matt, alongside Connor. We're stoked. I went 4-0 last week for the NFL Divisional Round, and Mr. Connor took the other side of each game, <laughs> went 0-4. Connor, how you doing? I'm good. You know, it's the, the only positive side of this is this week I had a good week on NBA and college basketball. So, uh, you know, we've made back some of those mo- that money from all those losses. But yeah, that, that was a brutal week. I love it. He's got his R&R shirt on. Go get your R&R, R&R Brewing. DM Connor. We're going to get the web domain soon. <laughs> How many times can we keep saying that before? It's just, it is what it is. <laughs> or it's like, yeah, they're not getting the web domain. It, probably soon. We're probably there. <laughs> Watch out. When those cryptos blast up, I'm going to buy it off someone. Done. I'm in. <laughs> Man, so you said you were good on your basketball picks, but what happened with those Kings? I think you cursed them after you predicted them in the playoffs. And the Knicks, too, they're starting to fall down. What's going well, no, on, Well, the man? Knicks have been playing well, but then, of course, the Kings have been horrible, but then come back and beat the Knicks. So I was right. like, oh, at least one of my picks. Because the Knicks are 500, I think. Honestly, I think they're like the five seed in the East right now, but there's like, there's like six teams that are like eight and eight to seven and seven, like somewhere around there. So it's just a big mess in there, but yeah, I don't, the Kings are horrible. We, I think we were talking about it this week that their defense has just been so bad. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, Zach Lowe hilariously on ESPN. I don't even read him that much. I miss the Bill Simmons days when he would write. You like the nice. arrows, all the arrows. Exactly. Um, and Zach with his million clip cutups like he's a coach it's ridiculous in his articles you'll see all these little like look how this play developed it's like all right zach go into the nba then uh he he said they're going to be the worst defensive team in history that's what they're on pace for yeah I, I mean it's hard no one on their team plays defense so i think that's a kind of a tough a tough place to be in when your entire roster is not built to play defense uh but I mean, they can score. They can fill it up. De'Aaron Fox has been a beast lately. So I love it. I mean, I think it can turn around. I think there's hope. All right. So let's deal with it. Uh, your Rams went down last week in Green Bay. Let's get it right off the bat. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, we didn't deserve to win. I feel okay with it. That was, it was a good game. I think the, the biggest thing that stuck out to me was that Aaron Donald clearly was just not 100%. Now, I'm not saying that him being 100% would have made the entire difference. I don't think that's, you know, they win if he's healthy, but right. it was very clear he was not healthy. And I think that does make a huge impact, right? Because they couldn't generate any pressure. Aaron Donald had his, he, he had like, he averaged like six pressures a game or something. I think even more than that, like eight pressures a game in the uh, regular season. Mm-hmm. And he had zero pressures in the game on Sunday. And so it's like that, that makes a huge difference when you can't generate any pressure on the quarterback. Um, and then their offense looked fine. I think McVay's play calling was kind of suspect. They ran the wildcat like four times and they hadn't run that all season. I don't think they've ever ran that with McVay there. Um, it ended up working for a touchdown, but that was cam Akers is a beast that had nothing to do with the play design. I don't know. It just, let it, me it, ask you this though. I mean, you guys had some long drives. How many, how many drives did you get? Cause green Bay had some really long drives that made it tough on you. Yeah. I, I think that's, that was the tough part. I think, the, the flip side of that too, though, is the Rams were the best in the NFL at limiting explosive plays, especially explosive pass plays. I don't think they had any, they didn't allow like any passing touchdowns over 20 yards all season. And they let up a 60 yard touchdown pass to Scantling and then a 60 yard touchdown run to Aaron Jones. So, mm-hmm. I mean, when those two things happen, it's like, that's just, that's just unacceptable for the number one defense. Now, I think it also just shows you how much of a wagon the Packers are that they did that. They made the number one defense in the NFL look like like silly, like they look yeah. horrible. So, you know, it's all the credit to the Packers. I think it just really shows the Packers were in a different league than the Rams. I think not having Cooper cup on offense really hurt them as well. That yeah. just having gone. Although who is the guy it. who played? He, he looked good. 
he Van stepped Jefferson. up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Van's pretty good. I, I like him. He's probably going to be their number three receiver next year. Cause Josh Reynolds is a free agent. Um, he was our second round pick. I, you know, I like him a lot too, but it, it's hard when, when golf and cup just have such a good connection there, especially when golf, you know, is struggling with his health and all that. But to be honest, golf actually looked good. That that's about as much as I could have hoped for from him, given the circumstances, cold, broken thumb, all that stuff. I mean, he looked, didn't turn the ball over, was pretty efficient with it. You know, I'm happy with how the game went. And, and that, I think another factor uh, was just that it was in green Bay. Like yeah. I don't see as many chunk plays going down in LA. Totally. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And I think that, that, that definitely played a factor in that, that stadium. They claim there's only like 6,500 people in there. It looked like there was like 30,000. I at don't least. understand that. Yeah. It I don't looked at least half full. Yeah. I don't understand yeah. the math on that, but that, that hurt. And you know, again, I, I look at that game and there's nothing I can point to of like, Oh, if this one thing didn't happen, I think we win. I think it's just Packers were a better team. And that's, you know, sometimes you just got to live with that. Right. Yeah. I think the biggest thing I saw last week is I was on the train, even though I went four and I was on the train of this chunk play type thing is not sustainable, but all the teams that won had chunk plays outside of maybe Tampa, but Tampa had those big defensive plays that were chunk plays on defense. Aaron Rodgers 23 of 36 for 296. Josh Allen, 23 of 37 for 206. None of these guys had like 40 completions. Uh, all their completions, uh, yards per completion were over 10 yards, except for Josh Allen. Uh, it's the exact opposite of what I expected or what the trend in the NFL has been of getting the ball out early. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers, they're talking about how early he gets the ball out, but a lot of those were incompletions. And then he had these big chunk plays. Same with these other guys. I think it's interesting that the teams that are left, all of them have those big chunk plays outside of Tampa Bay. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, again, bringing it back to the Rams, that's been their problem all season. They cannot generate chunk plays. They, every play was seven yards and they're methodical and they can get their, you know, 14 play 85 yard touchdown drive, but they can't, they don't have it in them to get the three play 72 yards with, you know, a 50 yard completion. They just yeah, don't all they have, have that. is that big inside. They have those big inside the numbers with Cooper cup and Robert Woods where you get some blockers yeah. and seam boom. Yeah, exactly. But that's still, you're, you're doing the six yard slant and then he just gets some open space. They're not getting, you know, 40 yard, like air, air yard. Yeah. And did you see with Tyree kill? Did you see Tony Romo going over that crossing route, that deep crossing route they do, or just no mm-hmm. one can run with them and they have yeah. to have the safety help. I thought that was really interesting. Well, and that's the play in the Super Bowl last year that they ran on like third and 19 or whatever that they did where he does the deep cross, but then halfway through the cross, he just plants and goes back outside. And so everyone's at a dead sprint trying to keep up with him. And then he just stops on a dime and turns back the other direction and is wide open every single time. Like it's, right. it's impossible to guard him. Mm-hmm. And on those, on those slants, you get uh, on those crossing routes, you get so much more separation uh, horizontally than you would uh, on just a straight go route. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's do a uh, Buck Saints too. Let's talk about that. Then we'll do the NFC championship and then we'll kind of talk about Browns, Chiefs, Ravens, Bills. Perfect. So Buck Saints, what were your thoughts? I, it's sad to see Drew Brees go. I yep. think that's the first thing we got to say him retiring. It's always just a sad thing for the NFL and, you know, talking about him too. Philip Rivers retiring. I think that's a bummer for the NFL. These guys, you know, been around for 20 years. I think it's, it's weird to see these guys we grew up with are now kind of exiting the league. Uh, but he didn't have it. Drew Brees, Drew Brees, you know, he, you could tell he was hurt and his wife came out. I don't know if you saw this. His wife came out and said he had a torn plantar fascia in his foot. He had a torn labrum. 
he broke all of his ribs in a punctured lung. Like he had all these injuries and it's like, it, it showed like it very much showed when their one big chunk play was the Jameis pass. I mean, Michael Thomas, you can't manufacture one catch for Michael Thomas. I think that's showing a lot there. Yeah. You know, you're, you're hinging your entire team, a very talented roster on a quarterback who can't throw the ball. It's a tough, you know, it's a tough thing to do. And I think, you know, the, you, you look at the teams left in the playoffs and all of them are elite offensive teams. The bucks though are an elite defensive team. And I think, you know, they, they've shown the past couple of weeks that they can turn it on and be really good. Right. I've said all season, I think they're good, but I think they've shown they really can turn it on, but I I'm, it's so weird that that offense with all of those weapons, with everything going on, isn't more explosive than they are. Yeah, it just felt like uh, the Bucks were able to play certain sets that can limit everything explosive they do, no matter how creative Sean Payton is, because uh, they're not going to have the deep routes. They're not going to have the big plays because Drew Brees just can't push the ball down the field. And that last interception where it actually got to the receiver and then it kind of bounced off his hands, it felt like he was having to put all his like strength in the world to load mm-hmm. up and fire that down. Just And it was just like 20 yards, right? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah that's and, not, uh, yeah, it, that's interesting. You said that the plantar fasciitis, cause it seemed like he tried to plant his legs so much to get that ball down the field before that interception, but, uh, it just didn't come with that velocity you're seeing from the other guys. I mean, comparing that to Josh Allen, Josh Allen just whips it with his arm. And didn't they say it, this last year, he really worked on his form. So he doesn't do that every play. Yeah. He was always he was coming into the NFL, like the scouts even, or the coaches didn't understand how he could just whip it just with his arm instead of his whole body and have that much arm strength and not like break his arm every year or, or destroy his elbow. Totally. Yeah. So he works in the off season with Jordan Palmer, who's Carson Palmer's little brother went to mission Viejo high school, uh, okay. shout out Diablos, but, uh, he's like kind of that quarterback guru right now that works with all these people. You and work with he- Mark Sanchez too. Uh, I don't know. He's only like two years older than Sanchez. Okay. So I, it would have been in, they would have been in the pros at the same time. Cause Jordan right. was always like a practice squad guy, Go but, ahead. uh, Josh Allen, they really worked on his form this off season. And it really shows that he's able to drive the ball. It, and it looks even more effortless because he's actually doing it with form and getting his hips and his body into it as opposed to just chugging with his arm. But the interesting thing talking about that, how he was just an arm thrower coming into the NFL, he broke the record at the combine for fastest pass ever. He threw the ball 66 miles an hour, and that's the fastest pass ever recorded. And that was just with his arm. So I want to see what he can do now if he loads one up, how fast he can get that going. Yeah, how far do you think he can throw it? He says 83 yards. Okay. Is that more than Jameis? Oh, yeah. it's more So him and Mahomes probably have the two biggest arms in the NFL, and they both claim they can do 83 yards. I think last offseason, so there was a a Ringer article about it this week that – uh, there were last off season, they were going to do a throw off between the two of them to see who could throw the ball further. And, but then the pandemic obviously canceled that. So I think they might do it this off season and they both claim they can throw the ball 83 yards. So I'd be very interested to see how that would go. I love that. That's fun. Uh, anything else on buck Saints, or should we get to this NSC championship game? Um, nope. Yeah. Let's, let's go to the NSC championship. All right. So we got bucks at the Packers. Tomorrow, uh, it's going to stay in 32 degrees. So again, not too cold, but that's colder than last week. I think it was around 37 last week. Yep. Green Bay minus three and a half. We're going to do the over under two. We'll get to that. It's 52. 
I've got the Packers. I'm not going to overthink this one. Their home field advantage looks legit. I've, even since the Titans snow game, uh, they've just looked so strong and unstoppable at home. So much respect to Tom Brady, but I don't see him overcoming this, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I like the pick. I think I'm taking Green Bay to win straight up. Uh, but I think that half a point, it just in the last day, it's gone up to three and a half. It's been at three almost all week. I think that half a point is going to send me, and I think Tampa Bay, I think it's literally going to be a three-point game, and I think Tampa Bay keeps it close, but I think Green Bay is going to win it outright. Okay. So, okay, since you have the half, it's not going to be a push. What have, what would right. have you done if it was three? You would have just been like, whatever. <laughs> I probably think I would take Green Bay just saying that I think they're going to win by more. I don't know. I it, okay. The half a point, though, because especially from three to three and a half does make a difference, right? Because that you know how often do teams win by four that's a little bit more rare but by three happens all the time so getting that half a point can can save you a lot of headaches there so yeah i i you know i I like tampa bay to keep it close in this one at least yeah and what do we think the keys are i mean for me it obviously i look back to the game earlier this year when the bucks blew them out i think in that game they frustrated the bucks they didn't have the run green bay didn't have the run game going then the game script went we need to throw more then they had pressure on the quarterback and turnovers. I think it's going to be the same thing here. Although I think I'd put even more emphasis on stopping the run because green Bay green Bay's run game is even more than it was earlier in the season. Yeah. And the, the hard part for Tampa Bay is Vita Bay is out. He might play this week, but still like that's kind of going to be tough. So I think that hurts their run defense. That was elite. Like the number one, I mean, it was the number one run defense in the NFL, but was like head and shoulders better than everybody earlier in the season is just now like very good. Right. So I think if, if Green Bay can get the ball running, I think that it's going to be, you know, kind of a, a long day for Tampa Bay. And I think Rodgers was playing well early in the season when they played each other, but he, the last, you know, six, eight weeks has been on a different level. And I think when Rodgers gets to this time of the year, uh, you know, he becomes kind of a different animal. And, you know, you could say that about Tom Brady, but Brady's getting a little older. He can't do as much. He can't, he can't carry a team as much as Rodgers can. And I think that it will come down to those two guys. And I think Rodgers is just better than Brady. Right. What do you think last week for the Rams? Do you think they were more focused on stopping the run? How did they think about the game plan going in? Obviously they couldn't stop the run or the pass, but how do you think they approached it? Yeah, I, I, I think they were worried about stopping the pass. And I think the Rams actually did a good job given how everything worked out because Basically, I mean, everyone was waiting for Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey, and the Packers did a really, really good job of getting Devontae Adams not on Jalen Ramsey. And so I think that's where they did a really good job in, in um, kind of scheming up open receivers. And then with that, having Aaron Donald out, the Rams have played all season. They played the lightest boxes in the NFL. And so they got away with that because you have Aaron Donald who can clog up so much or can you know take on three defenders, and then you can have wide open with a linebacker one-on-one in a hole. Sure. Um, but when you don't have Aaron Donald being effective and they don't have to do that, I think your whole game plan goes out the window. And I think it really like just limits everything you're able to do. That's what it felt like. Cause it did feel like they were more focused on stopping the pass, but then they couldn't stop the run because they've taken that for granted. And then it was like, man, you're done. I, I don't know how you can do that with the Packers. So yep. that's really interesting. I mean, for the bucks on the other side, I think they're going to go trying to stop the run and not overthink the pass. What do you think they're going to do? Yeah, I mean, that that's what they're good at, right? I think that's the, the thing that they have is they almost don't have to focus on stopping the run because they just do it well and they can spend it sounds a little... like the Rams. I'm worried. I know, I know. But yeah, I, I think 
you you just it, it's hard playing against a team like the Packers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and, and Matt Lafleur now have such good chemistry that you know they figured everything out how to play with each other, and I think that seeing that they're just going to find the weakness in your defense, right? And last week the Rams couldn't stop the run, so the Packers just ran all over them. But then weeks before that, the Packers were just throwing all over teams. So I think it really just depends on where Rodgers or Lafleur can find that little edge and they're just going to exploit that over and over and over. It's like, it's like when you're playing Madden against a friend and they find that one play that just is impossible to guard and they just run it over and over and over again. That's what the Packers are going to do. It's this the week. worst. Yeah. So if that's a stretch to the right, they're going to run the stretch to the right a hundred times and get nine yards, every single carry and just wear them down. And yeah. if it's, you know, slants or if it's outs or whatever it's looking like, they're going to figure out that one concept that works and just hammer it until they can't get it anymore. Yeah, it makes sense. Over under 52. I think this is going to be under. I don't think it's going to be as close as you're saying. I think the Packers are going to win comfortably, and I think the Bucks are going to struggle on offense. Okay, I'm taking over. Again, I'm going on the other side of you, which I don't like because I feel like now I'm going to go on four again. But I'm going to go <laughs> with the over. I think I think it will be – because you're thinking with 52, you're talking 28-24 is what they're saying the final score will be, which I think that's very realistic, and I think that it could be higher than that. So I think when you hear that, I think, you know, now if you start thinking, okay, 28, 27 Packers, I think that's could also very much happen. Now you hit your over and Tampa Bay's covering. I think, you know, both sides are, are hitting there. Yeah. I think it's definitely possible. I'm just not giving, I think as much respect to Tom Brady coming into Lambeau field as everyone else is. Yeah. He figures out ways to win though. And, and no, hundred percent, this would be an anomaly. Yeah. And he's also like, he is a cold weather quarterback, right? Yeah, think about, he went into Kansas city too. It's not just in Foxborough. He went into Kansas city and won that game a couple years ago in the championship. Right. So I think, I think, you know, usually you see, Oh, South Florida team going into Lambeau. That's going to be the same problem that the Rams had. And it's like, "Mm, Brady's played his whole career in the cold. He's fine. So, you know, he put up 50 points or something on the Titans in like 2007 in like five degree weather when in a snowstorm. So I think they're fine. I think, I think the over a lot of times, like what I look at here is, okay, it's at 52. I bet if it was in better conditions, if it was warmer or like if this was in Tampa Bay, I bet you the over under would be a lot higher than 52. And so I think you push 60. No, but I think it'd be like 55 or 56. And so if they're basically taking into account that it's colder or, you know, I don't know if it's snowing or what the weather is like, but it's going to be cold. And I think that's overblown because it's not that cold. I was listening to an interview with Julian Edelman and he's like, man, 35 is fine. It's once you start getting into the teens, that's when it gets really cold, but 35 is fine. And, you know, as long as the wind chill isn't super gnarly, I think that would be the the real killer. So I, yeah, I'm going to go over 52. Right. Speaking of weather, uh, let's talk about the AFC game last week. Ravens at Bills, where the weather was a big factor. The wind was nuts. Some yeah. of those field goals, crazy. Justin Tucker missing two field goals in a row. Never seen that. And uh, I guess like wind was coming out of certain pockets of the stadium. So on certain throws or routes to the sidelines, it would just zip away from you. That's wild. And I feel like that's super tough too, because you can't play the wind. It's like, you have no idea where these little pockets are. I think that's tough. I almost killed Justin Tucker Tucker. Cause I had a huge bet on, I needed, I had Ravens plus a half a point at halftime and it was three, nothing the whole first half. And they ended up kicking a field goal with like 17 seconds left. But I was like, if he misses two field goals and that's why I don't cover my bet, I'm going to lose my mind on this because Tucker is the most automatic kicker in NFL history. How is this happening? And he so. got his third. Yeah, he got it on his third, which was nice. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think it, it, it was 
a, a weird game, but still an interesting game, right? I don't think it was necessarily the best played game, but I think like you're saying, I think the wind was that factor. And I think that's, that's again, where you look at it. And I, they always say wind is the biggest killer of overs. Wind is the hardest thing to play and it's not necessarily cold. So um, yeah, that, that was a crazy game. I think that was, that was, I, I wish I would have known that there was that much wind going into it. Cause I think right. that would have been an easy under, but you got to get uh, your meteorologist or we got to get a, a resident meteorologist that can come on. I would love that. I'm in. That'd be huge for you. Yep. <laughs> get, get you out of that own four hole. Listen, I thought that, uh, it was a really good game. I think the thing is I saw a poll that, uh, they asked, you know, would you want all NFL playoff games inside? And I said, absolutely not. I, I understand the logic because it's better football inside, but there's nothing better than snow football or weather in football. I think that's, that's what you picture in the, in uh, the winter or like or in the playoffs, you expect snow, you expect cold, you expect all these things to where that's just not, that's not the playoffs. I think I understand from a quality of football standpoint, it might be better, but that's not the playoffs. And that's not what I'm wait, what I'm hoping to watch. Right. There's still a lot of exciting plays. It's just plays that didn't necessarily go, end with a touchdown. There were plays that ended with a safety or a Lamar Jackson concussed, but it wasn't right. a touchdown. Yep. Yep. I agree. And that that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. What do you think about this game though? And Ravens wise? Yeah. I mean, moving I, forward, I, I don't know where they go from here. I think Lamar Jackson at this point kind of just is what he is. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's, they're going to be a great regular season team, but at some point you have to be able to make big throws and be able to win a game with just your arm. And he can't do that. And so I think that's just going to hinder them moving forward. Right. And I think you need to figure it out now. The only, the good thing for him is he's still young. I think he's only like Get him. 20. Josh Allen's guy, Connor. Can we call Ser- him up? Send him to Michigan. Yeah. And so like, that's what it would take. Right. Cause Josh Allen improved, has improved his accuracy in the, in the pros, which never happens. So like if Lamar can make that leap, I think that they can be very, very good. But I think it's just it's gonna be hard when a guy's whole game is built on running and then throwing because you can run, right? I think that's where you look at the good, the really good uh, you know, running quarterbacks in the NFL. All of them are quarterbacks who can run, not running quarterbacks, right? You look at guys, Russell Wilson doesn't almost never runs the ball anymore, but he's super elusive, can get away from guys in the backfield to throw the ball. Josh Allen can run, but how often does he do designed runs outside of the red zone? He does them in the red zone because he's huge and can run people over, but they're not doing that on the 25 yard line on their own 25 yard line. They're not doing design Josh Allen runs. So right. I think that's going to be the problem is that Lamar has to, at some point be able to win games with his arm alone against good teams. And he hasn't been able to do that yet. Yeah. The other AFC North team that went down the Browns at the chiefs. This was, I think my favorite game of the weekend. Super exciting. It was a lot of fun to see the Browns almost pull it off, but then Andy Reid on fourth and one, Calling a pass with Chad Henney. <laughs> I I love that. And that's such an Andy Reid, like, yep, we're doing this. I think well, okay, we love it, but also it would have been fun now the Browns get the ball back. Totally. Everyone's I, like, oh, this is so cool. It's so ballsy, but it's also not cool because we're fans. We're not Chiefs fans. We're NFL fans. It would have been fun to see the Browns get the ball. Yeah. The only thing I'll say is as an NFL fan, I would have been so annoyed if the Chiefs lost because Mahomes was out. That's I think true. that that would have been that would have been such a bust because they've been by far the best team all season, and so for them to lose with Mahomes being out on a fluky play like that, because of course, of course injuries do happen, but a fluky head injury of your head hitting the ground, how often do like concussions like that happen? 
So, and this is the one where you were going to cover based on the flow before Mahomes got hurt. I mean, yep. they were up 19 to three or whatever, and yep. then uh, he gets hurt and they can't score. Yeah, it, it was brutal. And I think, so I'm glad he's back and he's going to play this week. I know he's not a hundred percent because of his toe, but uh, I, I'm happy he's in it because the NFL is better when Patrick Mahomes is playing and how fun is this week going to be? Cause you have, so you have probably the, three best quarterbacks in the NFL this season, maybe four Brady was up there, but probably definitely the top three quarterbacks in the NFL this season um, are still in it with Josh Allen, Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. And then, so we're going to get to see Mahomes versus Josh Allen. And then probably one of those two guys against the Packers in the Super Bowl, which is just going to be awesome football all around, which I'm most excited for that. Now Browns would have made a great story. Imagine Browns bills to just like cursed franchises <laughs> with like incredible fans. I think that would have been a lot of fun. But I think from a football standpoint, I'm glad the Chiefs were able to win that game and keep it rolling. Yeah, it is fun. And it's going to be really fun for this AFC championship. Now, you said with the Ravens, I don't know where they go from here. I feel like for the Browns, it's the opposite. I do know where they go from here. I think they're going to be really good. They've got good balance. They totally could have won that game with Mahomes getting hurt. Not saying they win it without because they couldn't really stop Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. Right. They really the Chiefs kind of shot themselves in a foot on a couple of drives. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been like thirty to three. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the Browns from here, they're maybe the top team heading into next. They might be the favorites in the AFC North next year. What do you think of that call? Yeah. I'm just thinking through. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that's a great call, and especially think if they had Odell this season. Now, I, I know that Odell caused some issues because of, you know, how you got to force in the ball, all those things, but still just having another weapon on that offense, that would have been electric. So I think that they're only going to get better. I think that Kevin Stefanski is an awesome coach, and I think having another year under him is going to help them just grow immensely. I think they're not really missing anything. Like, I don't look at them and go, man, if they just had That's a good it. running game, if they just had a good receiver, they, they have all of that. So now it's just a matter of growing together as a team, getting better, getting on the same page and just continuing to grow as a, you know, as a young team will do. I think they have the best running back duo in the NFL. And I'm curious if both of them are going to be back next year. Chubb's going to be back. You think Kareem Hunt's going to be back? I don't. Is there an option no. on his contract? I'm not sure. I have no idea how his contract works. He had, cause he had a weird contract of, because of how he left the Chiefs. Right. I'll look it up. Yeah, that's really interesting. But I, I'm the same way. I think it's Browns, Steelers, Ravens. Bengals. I'm still worried for the Bengals. I'm not sure that the whole waiting on Joe Burrow thing is going to work. I think that people have stayed really positive about that injury, but I think the Bengals are in a lot more trouble than people give them credit for. I, I actually disagree because I think that their offense is, is actually really good with Joe Burrow. I think, I think he was, he's young and he made rookie mistakes, but I think he showed clearly that he, he's an awesome quarterback. And so if you can protect him, so they're going to be bad this year because Burrow's going to be out. They're going to take it slow, which they should. They're going to be bad again. So they're going to get another top five pick next season. So they have the number five pick this year. It hopefully what I'm hoping for, just because I like Joe Burrow, I want them to get the left tackle from Oregon, Panay Sewell. And then if they can get him, now you have a starting left tackle. They have a good uh, right tackle. And then now you're starting to get an offensive line. They have weapons. So now, now the problem is going to be AJ Green's a free agent and John Ross is a free agent, but you still have Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. You have a decent running game. So now you start seeing, you're like, okay, well, they have some pieces. You say it's a problem that John Ross is a free agent. That's not a problem. No, no I agree. But I'm just saying <laughs> what their weapons are. Leaving. Yeah. And it's yeah. one of those, as the Rams found out this year, you need to have that deep, that threat to at least stretch the field. That's true. Like I, I want John Ross on the Rams just to run straight. Yeah. Every you play. said that he doesn't have to do anything, just run straight. And so like it, you know, 
replacing guys that are pieces like that may not have a huge impact from a statistical standpoint, but can absolutely impact the, the geometry of the field. Right. And so for sure, um, that'll be interesting. And so now it's just like, okay, invest in an offensive line and invest in defense. And that's all they have to do. And they have a, a good quarterback who's got, who's going to have three more years on his contract when he comes back with two more for top five picks. So right. I think they could be good. It, now, the only thing to be seen is, is Zach Taylor a good coach? Because he's been in two horrible situations so far in his first two seasons, right? Two years ago, they were just an awful team, and that's when they got Joe Burrow. And then they were looking kind of okay with Burrow, still not winning a ton of games, but in every single game. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Burrow gets hurt. And so it's like he still hasn't been in a position where he needs to be competitive. So it'll be interesting to see. And next year is almost going to be a wasted season too for him. So, I, you know, the jury's definitely still out as to whether he's a good coach or not. Yeah, I think there's a lot of questions there. I think that's a very optimistic take, but I think it's one that a lot of people have been pushing that involves Panay Sewell and uh, another good draft pick. But uh, it's I, I'd rather be the Bengals than the Steelers. I'll put it that way. You think so? You don't like the uh, Dwayne Haskins signing? <laughs> it, Dwayne Haskins is horrible. And the Steelers are just going to be in salary cap hell for the next five years. Mm-hmm. And so then it's a matter of, and they're going to be just good I don't enough. think so. I don't think so. Some of the guys are old to the point that it's retirement. It's not always trying to restructure it. Uh, like you could have Cam Hayward and Roethlisberger and Pouncey all go at once and you're fine. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't that's think it's five years of hell. Well, the problem though, is that for these next few years before those guys retire, the team's going to be just good enough to not get good draft picks, but not good enough to be competitive for Super Bowls. And as a steal, as the Steelers, they are a franchise that it's, you're expected to win Super Bowls. It doesn't matter winning the division. It doesn't matter winning a playoff game. It's win a Super Bowl or the season's a disappointment. And so I think that it's just going to be kind of stuck in that middle area until Ben retires and all those guys retire. And then it's going to be really bad for a few years. And hopefully you can hit on some good draft picks and be good. And, you know, I think it's, it's going to be like seven years before the team can be competitive again. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm obviously more optimistic as a Steelers fan. I think uh, if we could trade the farm for Deshaun Watson, I'd do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> what do you have to trade? What is what? What could you? Well, tra- we could strip our defense. That'd be what we'd have to trade. We have lots I of guess. good contracts on defense. Our defense is going to be elite next year. Again, we're getting all the linebackers who got hurt: uh, Devin Bush, Vince Williams, Bud Dupree. We'll see if we tag him again, and then T.J. Watt, and then our D line and our backs are good too. I mean, everything's good on defense, and yeah. there's no big contracts outside of Joe Hayden and Cam Hayward on the D line. So I yeah. mean, we can we can strip our young D, but. Uh, we can't do that. It's not going to happen. So we can just stop no. talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's be realistic here. All right. Uh, Bills at Chiefs. That's the 340 game uh, here on the West Coast. It's Kansas City minus three. Man, they're finally doing a low line for Kansas City, except for week 17 when they gave a low line when Chad Henney was in. <laughs> yep. But uh, Bills at the Chiefs. I'm going Bills uh, over under 54 and a half. I'm going to take the under on this as well. I'm worried about Mahomes and I don't want to take the over. And I'd be okay taking the Chiefs. I don't feel super strong about this, but uh, I think with the rain, 46 degrees, I don't know how the wind's going to be. We saw that game in Buffalo last week. But the biggest thing for me here is Patrick Mahomes. How healthy is he with the toe? How healthy, how much better is he from the concussion? I mean, he looked wobbly last week when he, you saw him try to stand up and he's like, whoa. Um, it was such a weird play because did you really think that he was concussed from that? You saw the replays and they were looking for targeting. They were looking for helmet to helmet contact, 
but there wasn't anything there, which just makes me so much more concerned. Like, are my kids really going to be playing football? Because that was a concussion that literally looked like it came from nothing. Well, it's it, the concussion was his head hitting the ground. He smashed okay. his head into the ground, and that's where the concussion came from. But if you can just from. have concussions from the ground all the time, guys are just – there's got to be concussions, way more concussions than I ever imagined. And that's it's, just a reminder. Yeah. My brother played four years of high school football and wasn't even like a starter, was not good, and he'd be the first person to say all that. And he got like at least three concussions playing football just from practice. And so uh, my my kids will never play tackle football. Like that's just – that it's, it's a decision I've already made. That's not going to happen. They're not going to play tackle football. And so I, I think that, yeah, it, it's crazy. I think he definitely looked very concussed. Now with that, there's always varying degrees of concussions, right? I think of the really bad side of it. Like remember Luke Keekley a few years ago who had to be carted off and was like crying and didn't know what was going on. Like uh-huh. that's the really bad side of it. I think Mahomes genuinely, they like Andy Reid said this, that if there were not concussion protocols, Mahomes would have been back in the game. So like, I think he will be fully recovered from that. I do not think that will be an issue for him. I think his foot is going to be the problem. He has turf toe, which it's torn ligaments in your foot. It's actually so painful and it like is not fun to have. And so that's where it's like the worst name because you hear turf toe and you think he's just being soft and it's like, oh no, it is an awful injury. Did he so, have it last week? Because he looked yeah. good moving around the pocket. It That's what happened that early in the laugh. game. Yeah, that makes me so much less concerned if he, he he was still scrambling, scored that touchdown when he already had it all of last game. I think he, he got it right it during- after he scrambled. So I think oh. there was a play where he like rolled it and it looked like he might have rolled his ankle or like hurt his foot or something and he was hobbling a little bit. He still looked good, but I think that that how much can he be Patrick Mahomes if he can't be as mobile as he normally is? Right. I think that's where the concern comes in. But I think, you know, he's still so even if he does have to just sit in the pocket, he's still so good that I don't think it's, you know, a huge concern, but I definitely don't think that the the concussion is the problem. Okay. I think the other thing you mentioned was the injury is a real thing. Uh, how, how bad the concussion is a real thing, but also different people respond differently to concussions. Mm-hmm. I know that for a fact, some people get back quick. Some people, they need weeks when it's a minor concussion. Yeah. And I think part of that too, is how many of you had, right? Brandon cooks now has had like seven concussions. So if he has one, he's out for like three weeks. Whereas Patrick Mahomes, this might be, I mean, you never know, right? We're talking, they probably get him all the time, but this might be his first ever concussion and it might've been a super mild one and he can just bounce right back. And the next morning he probably felt fine and that, you know, he's okay now. So it, I, yeah, it, like you said, people just recover differently from different things. And so it might be, you know, it might be really tough for him or it might be like, all right, I'm good to go. Yeah. All right. Who you got then? So I am annoyed, but I'm now going the opposite of you. Also, I'm taking Kansas city and the over. I okay. think there's going to be points. I also just think I, I'm not actually confident in my overpick in this game, but I just am excited for points. I just want a lot of points <laughs> in this game, and I think it'll be a fun game, and I'm hoping that both offenses come out. I think neither team has a great defense. I think they both have very opportunistic defenses. I think they both can generate turnovers or they can make a big play, but I don't think that they're you know, like the like Tampa Bay or like the Rams usually were, you know, where they're going to stop you. I think their bend don't break and hopefully kind of just keep it manageable. But I think against an elite offense, which both of these teams have, I think it's just they're going to run it up in points. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I hope I'm wrong on the over under because they're both such big play quarterbacks. And that's what you come to that game to watch. Yep, Man. exactly. All right. So we got the Bills. You think the Bills, if they make the Super Bowl, would be able to take down that NFC team? Or is it going to be their, would that be their fifth straight Super Bowl loss? I was telling my dad, it's crazy. Four straight times I went to the Super Bowl in the 90s and didn't win. Could you imagine in the day of social media now how that would go? 
like what the media would say. Cause like, think about if LeBron went to the playoffs and went to the finals four straight years and lost four straight years. Like that would be insanity how that would happen, how it, uh, you know, it would play out like that. But um, I think it depends. I think if it's green Bay, I think, no, I think green Bay wins, but I think um, if it's Tampa Bay, I think they absolutely have a chance. And you know what? I think they have a chance regardless. The bills are a good team, but I think that, you know, I think green Bay and Kansas city are the two best teams in the NFL. And so they're going to have to go through a gauntlet. And I mean, you look at the Raven, uh, Buffalo, they've had one of the toughest playoffs. They had had to play the Titans who were, you know, at the six seed or whatever, were probably were like a really good six seed or whatever seed they were. Mm-hmm. And then you had, or they were the seven seed, I think. And then you had to go against the Ravens who were probably the hottest team in the NFL at the time. Right. And then now you're gonna have to play at Kansas city and then green Bay or Tampa Bay at home. Tampa Bay, that's an underrated thing too. Tampa Bay will play at home in the Super Bowl if they make it. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. Yeah, it's our way too early Super Bowl predictions. I'm gonna go Packers over the Bills because I took the Pack and the Bills. You got Chiefs Packers. I don't know where you go on that one. That's the that's the Allstate or State Farm. I, I can never. I always mix up those insurance companies, but one of them's got both of those guys, Mahomes and Rogers. So that's yeah. I dream. think that's State Farm. State Farm. Uh, I already have a future on both of those teams to win the Super Bowl. So if they make it together, I don't even care who wins the game because I'll win either way. So that's where I'm not too worried about it. But I just, that would be best case scenarios if it's Green Bay, Kansas City. It's a replay of Super Bowl one, which would be really cool. I think that, you know, would be a cool tribute to Super Bowl one. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just excited. It's going to be some good football. Yep. I love it. All right. Well, that's it. That's it, everyone. Have some fun. Uh, enjoy your Sunday. All right. Talk to you guys.